And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. I'm Mike Harrison, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. I want to thank you for joining us today. Today's show, I have a guest, lead investor from the Central Texas area. This lead has been involved in real estate investing since approximately 2015. We'll, we'll let him tell us. He's a lead in three properties, a passive in several more properties, and he is real estate retired. Real estate investing enabled him to leave his corporate job and focus full-time on real estate investing. He's so successful at what he does is his parents joined as well. And not only are they passive investors, but they took it an extra step, and they are actually Lifestyles Unlimited ambassadors here in North Texas. And Chase, your parents are wonderful people. I love seeing and visiting them at various lifestyles events and if i recall uh, didn't your father wasn't he able to retire what two or three years ago due to passive investing yeah yeah pretty recently um he always jokes that you know i beat him to retirement but uh it was <laughs> it was good for him to finally be able to kind of walk away when when his practice they were looking at what are we going to do next you know how are we going to have enough business for all of the partners and and he was in a position to say you know what guys i'm good uh I'm just going to walk away. How incredible is that? You retired. You beat your father. You're a young guy. You retired at a young age. And yeah. then your dad looks at what you're doing and says, hey, this is this looks good to me. And he jumped in, and he was able to retire as well. That is, I love that. That's a wonderful story. And, Chase, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. If you would, why don't you just share a little bit of background about yourself, and then we'll jump into the, the heart of the show. Sure. I, uh, I went to Texas A&M, uh, graduated from there with a degree in computer science. I, I love tech. You know, I loved uh, programming and, you know, just had a blast doing that. And I worked for a couple of different companies. I was really successful, uh, moved up quite a bit in my companies. I was, you know, running teams of developers and everything. But uh, tech kind of shifted on me and, and it became very commoditized, like the art form and the creativity left. And it became just a lot of widget work. And, you know, I just realized I'm not enjoying tech like I used to. Um, yeah. You know, I'm kind of frustrated with it. A lot of internal politics in corporate America, that kind of stuff. And, and I was just, I was coming home kind of frustrated and angry. And um, a friend of mine actually in the office who, he's a, a Lifestyles member and lead, he, uh, he heard about Lifestyles and said, hey, man, I think I think we need to go check this out. And so he and I went to one of the free, like, you know, quick couple-hour workshops, just that high-level overview, this is what it's about. And uh, from there we said, yeah, definitely worth, you know, putting in a little bit of time and money and let's go, you know, listen to the, to the deeper-level information that we can get at the, the two-day presentation. Um, we did that, and it was a no-brainer to, to jump into real estate. And I looked at it just from the standpoint of just passively investing. Where can I put my money and get yeah. a good return that will help me move down the road to retiring when I'm, you know, 50-something years old, right? Um, and after doing a, 
a few passive deals and just, you know, what I always think is important, continuing to come back to lifestyles, even when I didn't have any more money, just to keep talking and learning and right. and networking with people. I realized I was enjoying everything I did in real estate so much more than I was enjoying the, the job that I had in tech and yes. decided, you know, I love this business. It's easy to get into, right? It's forgiving if you make a mistake. Um I'm going to make a jump. I'm going to start becoming a lead investor myself. I know I can do this. And, right. uh, you know, I have my mentors with me and all the training through Lifestyles. I was ready to go and uh, bought a little 20-unit in a kind of no-name town just north of, of Dallas. Uh, it was a commuter city uh, to Dallas and ran that myself and was very successful with that one. Went from there to buy, you know, 114 units all the way up to now 238 units. And, you know, I just kind of was able to walk away from my my corporate career, you know, where, you know, yeah, I was doing well. And, and the more money I made, the more time they wanted for that money. You know, now yes, I've, I've got the that. time to focus on my health, my family. I went from 300 plus pounds. I dropped all that down to, to being lean and in shape and you know, playing tennis and, and my life completely changed. My health has changed just by finding that freedom. And that was, there's there's a lot to unpack there, but that was yeah. right around 2015 when you first went to Lifestyles Unlimited, Chase? Uh, you know, I think it was closer to actually like 2013 when I first uh, joined, like right at the end of 2013. Okay. And I did my first passive deal in 2014, and I closed my first lead deal i think around 2016 yeah i was i was looking at your bio and mm. you you got into three or four passive deals prior to investing in that first 20 unit property north of yeah. of dallas fort worth and my original thought was and, and you answered it when you first joined your plan was just to go passive the whole time uh and lead occurred later after doing it for a period of months or even a couple of years or how did how that all what was your plan when you came in and then uh why did you transition and say hey i want to be a lead yeah I, yeah i never planned to to be a lead at least not not quitting my job to become a lead right um, yeah you know i was like i'll invest passively maybe then when i make enough money i don't know when that'll be down the road um you know when i and i retire and i don't know what else i'm going to do with myself maybe then i'll be a lead but yeah, as I got into it and realized how much I loved real estate and I loved being in control of your own business and your own destiny, I said, how do I rearrange things so that I can actually make this jump now? I have a guest on the show today, lead investor from the central Texas area, Chase Moppin, and Chase is a lead investor. He began passive investing prior to that. He joined right around 2013. Beautifully, Chase is real estate retired, and also his father took a look at what Chase was doing, and he is now real estate retired. But when we left off talking to us about the freedom of real estate investing versus corporate America, essentially, not only do you get your time back, um, you get all there's there's no none of the deadlines or or any of the the projects that corporate America puts on our shoulders, the politics, just everything that comes with that. And then when you walk away from that, there's so much freedom in real estate investing. You began as a passive and then you decided to become a lead. Let's talk about that first property at that time. How did how did you find that property? Uh, was it a was it a prior Lifestyles Unlimited members property that sold it to you or, or what made you say, heck, we're going to do this and buy this property? 
Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was a. Uh, we connected with the different listing brokers um, that kind of move properties in the area, and it was yeah. a, a blast from them saying, "Hey, we've got this property coming on market. It wasn't very far from my house, so I was going to be able to be on site and be there and run this thing and really dig my hands into it." Um, turns out it was a, a, a previous lifestyle member. They just, you know, had bought it and just kind of held on to it for a while, not really doing a lot with it. Um, yeah. So I didn't know the the person. I hadn't seen them at, at meetings, but um, yeah, we, we talked with our broker. We had our lifestyles broker represent us in the deal and help make sure that we weren't missing critical things. And uh, it looked like a, a great opportunity and went in and, and bought that thing and uh, really learned the business by getting hands-on deep into it. I agree. I think it's great to take on those smaller properties at first and share with the listener what where did you see the value? What was what was the play here, and, and how did you know you were going to be able to improve this as essentially improve the business and improve the asset? Yeah, so in that town, you know, a lot of people would drive. You know, they take a 20-minute drive on the highway to get away from uh, the higher rents that you found in, you know, McKinney and Plano and places like that. So I looked around and said, there's not a lot here, but what I can see is that they're several hundred dollars below the current market without even being improved, um, and that was just that the rents have been raised in like five years. They were raised when the property was bought and never touched again. Wow. So I knew going in, before we even do rehab, there's room on the rent. But then I also knew that this property was due for, you know, some, some capital to go into it. Let's make these really nice homes. These yeah. are where people live, and we want to give them a great place. And I'm sure that they will, you know, pay for a better place. And sure enough, even as we were turning uh, some of our different units, we would have existing residents say, hey, do you mind? Uh, we, we'd happily move from ours into this new one that you just did, which really kind of accelerated our business plan, right? Because we didn't have to wait for their lease to expire there. They would they would move from that one into the new one, happily paying more yes. uh, to get that newer place. And then that gave us their old unit that we could fix up and turn. People appreciate a nicer place to live, and it's contrary to popular belief, but you're not just going in and raising the rents, you're providing some value. So you're going to redo mm -hmm. the interior, give it a facelift, maybe uh, add new countertops, uh, stainless appliances potentially, or hardwoods or tile or, or what have you, and you make it a nicer place to live. And yes, people will pay more to live in a nicer place. Um, I, I hear so often that people that don't understand real estate, they think the idea to make money is to buy the property and then don't put any money into it. And that's 100% the opposite of what we do. Chase, any big surprises on that property? Um, you know, nothing too terrible. You know, we had a sewer back up on one thing. That was that was new to me. That was kind of fun. Um, you know, <laughs> one guy had painted his entire unit black. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, like deep black. So that was going to take a while to to fix it. But no, no yeah. real big surprises for us, aside from just learning that business, right? Like learning, you know, you get a weird resident and you're like, okay, we're going to have to evict this person. And yeah. I've never done that before, but that's what we have mentors and consultants for to, to tell you, don't freak out. Here's how you're going to go about it. Right? It's, it's a simple process. Yeah. This is the business running the business. So you purchased that in uh, early, it looks like early 2016, and then nine months later, just a short time later, you went from a 20-unit all the way to a 116-unit. That seems like a big jump yeah. to go to that size. Did you have any concerns? 
Oh yeah, I mean it was it was a lot bigger. It was in a slightly different market, but uh, again, I I knew that I had people there on my on my team that had my back as we were going through this. Um, it was nice to move up to where we finally had some staff on site, uh, some you know maintenance and leasing and people that could help run the day to day of the business. Um, yeah. But, you know, I felt confident having, you know, I'd done the bookkeeping on the old business. I'd done the leasing. I'd done some of the maintenance. Um, you know, so I kind of felt good about I know the different jobs as well, and that's going to help me oversee what the, what these people are doing on my property. Yeah, you learned the business on the 20-unit, and then when you went to the 116-unit, it was large enough to have a manager, a maintenance, maybe even an assistant. How many did you have, two or three people on that property? We had three. We had one in the office, a manager who also, you know, leased, and then we had two maintenance because it was an older property. It, it, you know, there was always something that needed to be maintained. Right. Okay. And on that property, looking at your numbers, you returned a pre-override to your investors of 200%. Explain to our listeners what pre-override return means. Uh, you know, there's some compensation that comes out on the top when we sell the, the property um, that goes to, like, myself as the person who runs it and my key principles that help secure the property and secure the loan. Um, so there's a little percentage that's going to come off the top of that. And then the rest of the, the investors that put in capital, we all split the rest of the, the money that's in there. Um, so all told, I think people made about, because we held it for just under two years, yeah. uh, they made between about 45, I think, or so percent uh, every year return on their money. Annualized. Nothing or, wrong with that yeah. at all. No, no. But, you know, you can't beat that. Well, I mean, you can, but, <laughs> yeah. but certainly better than you're going to get it better than it in the bank. 45% annual return. I mean, that's incredible. I think that blows people away that really don't understand what we do in real estate and why the returns are just so incredible. Um, and, of course, along the way, you also get cash flow. That's just the big distribution at the end. And, Chase, in the, in the later half of the show, and we're almost up against a break, I want to get into some of the market conditions that we're seeing today. But out of curiosity, what, what interest rates were you seeing in 2016? Do you remember on those deals? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, it was... It was between three and four, as I recall. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're taking me on the way back track. So that, yeah. it's hard well, for me to remember my exact rate. And I was investing in single-family houses at that time. Um, I even had a house that was at a five and a half. But where I'm going really is you weren't paying two and a half percent, and you weren't doing interest only. And, and some of the stuff that we're seeing on these properties that have been purchased recently and also say within the last year or two years you were paying a, a pretty solid interest rate i mean it wasn't a six and a half but um it still made sense to invest at that number is where i'm going we're going to pick this up on the other side my name is mike harrison you're listening to the lifestyles unlimited real estate investor radio show Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Successful Lifestyles Unlimited member retires in 10 months. 
The hardest part for me was to drop off my son, go to a job that I absolutely hated for five years, but know that that was a sacrifice that I needed to make, and then only be able to get to spend two hours with him after school before he had to go back to bed. So that's why once we started and we joined Lifestyles, we said, okay, we have a roadmap. We know what we're gonna do. And then a month later, we find out we're pregnant with baby number two, and we're like, okay, we gotta kick it up a notch. So that's how we were able to purchase four different properties and um, replace in 10 months, replace my income in 10 months so that whenever I finished maternity leave, I didn't have to go back to work. I think a, I think a couple weeks before she baby came out is when we closed on a fourplex and that was enough for her not to have to go back to work. Are you ready for your roadmap to real estate retirement? Attend the online free workshop just like Carolina did. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. I'm Mike Harrison, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. If you'd like to send an email or comment on today's show or have any questions about real estate investing or Lifestyles Unlimited, my email address is askmike at luinc.com. Askmike at luinc.com. If you're just now joining us, there are four ways to consume the Lifestyles Unlimited radio content. The easiest way, the one I use most, is podcast app on your smartphone, right? We all have smartphones. Hit your podcast app and subscribe to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. It will upload automatically with all the new shows, and you can listen to it in your free time. We have a YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, type in Lifestyles Unlimited. You'll find our channel there. On that, on that channel, you'll have more than just the radio content. You've got all kinds of... We call them case studies. You'll have all kinds of road trips where we actually go visit some of these assets and walk them. And you can see what we're doing as real estate investors, what we're looking for, how we're analyzing properties. As always, you can go to our website, lifestylesunlimited.com. And you can always live stream us. If you know the shows on a certain radio station at a certain time and you have internet access, just go to that radio station's website and type in listen now or click the listen now button and you can hear the show live over the internet. I have on my show today lead investor from the Central Texas area, Chase Maupin. Chase has not only passive invested passively, but he's a lead investor. And Chase is here. He's sharing his path to real estate, why he left corporate America, why, how real estate enabled him to walk away from corporate America and retired. And Chase, as we were getting into it, you became a lead. You learned on a smaller property, you moved up to a bigger property, and then you moved up to an even bigger, larger property. You keep getting larger each time. What are the challenges associated with going to these larger properties as a lead investor? Yeah, well, going to the larger properties, I think one of the big changes for me was like with my 20 unit, I knew each unit intimately, right? I could tell you who was in every unit. I could tell you if it had been rehab, what the state of it was, everything about it. You start going up to 116, you start going up to 238 units, and you, you track that stuff in a spreadsheet, but I, I can't picture in my mind's eye what, you know, each unit looks like. I can't picture each resident um, yeah. like I used to. So I, I don't, you know, it becomes much more just kind of like data-driven, uh, and a lot less of the I personally know everything about every unit. Yeah, it's a whole it's it's a, an entirely different challenge, right? At the on the twenty unit, you know that unit number seven may or may not have this ongoing issue, but uh, on the 
200 plus property you don't know what the heck's going on in unit 116 unless you you pull it up online and i guess look at your business there it's um it's more about managing people on the larger properties than managing the property do you see it that way oh yeah absolutely there this is more people that have their their own you know drama or issues or needs or wants you know um it's it's not terrible but it certainly you know the more the more people you have around people are people are the unpredictable part of a business in a lot of ways right yeah. so the more people you have the more likely that you're going to have somebody a little unpredictable but you can manage through everything yeah what is it dell walmsley says he says real estate's easy people are difficult that's right yeah and and when i was in my corporate world i had some some uh, reps that were underneath me and and you're exactly right it's it's it becomes a people business as opposed to ground level like it like it was on that 20 unit you're managing you know expect what you or inspect what you expect and um, people are great until the moment they're not so looking now at, at where you are are you how do I say this uh, are you where you thought you would be as a real estate investor when you first started this 2013 2014 you know, I'm pretty close. I, I thought I might have uh, bought another property by now, but you know, I'm I'm a very kind of slow and methodical guy. I'm kind of the mindset of, hey, if I, I don't care if this property that I have is doing great, if yeah. I still am kind of doing things day to day, I'm not going to take my attention off of that in order to go look at something else. So, you know, I've I've spent a little bit more time on my current property, just keeping an eye on it, working through stuff and making sure that it's optimized and working just how I want it to. And then when I said, great, I'm ready to start looking again, boom, <laughs> we had we had some interesting stuff go on in the lending markets and in the capital markets and buyers and sellers, we're not always agreeing on what value should be. And so it's uh, just the time where I'm kind of like, I will look, but I'm taking my time to find a deal. I don't need to just buy something. Yeah, you mentioning that the market changed, and that's the understatement of the year. I mean, it has been dramatic in the last six months. But when you and I were chatting the other day, I think the next six months are going to be even more dramatic, if that's the word you want to use with, with what's happening in the markets. And explain, if you would, I, I know you were looking for a property, but what's what exactly is going on now? Because there's a lot of... I, the sellers are, are feeling it's not a it's not a uh, seller's market anymore. Let's put it that way. It's not, but I don't think every seller has gotten that memo. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. particularly if they're if they're in good financing already, uh, yeah. where they don't have to make a decision or have to do something, um, they're still wanting the the prices they were seeing and the prices that they thought they could get, you know, six months ago, and. At those prices with the way that the current loans are, you know, whether it's the loan to value or the interest rate and everything, it just doesn't make sense. So the buyers and the sellers are going to be a little disconnected for the next few months. Right. Uh, until people – and that always happens, right? When something shifts a little bit, the two different sides of the coin take a while to find equilibrium. Yeah. You have a group of – and we'll call them sellers, people that want to sell property. However, they have stable lending, as you mentioned – and so their option now is to either sit on it and wait and ride it out, which they can because they do have stable financing and, and maybe they're just having to hold it a little longer than they initially planned. But what's wrong with having a, a cash flow and multifamily property for 
another year or two until interest rates come down. But on the other side of that, you've got folks that have bridge loans, for instance, that Mm -hmm. are going to come due and explain for our listener exactly what a bridge loan is and, and what this means. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally have kind of always stayed away from bridge loans. They have their, their purpose in the market, right, particularly yeah. around, like, values. But usually a bridge loan, it's a, it's a shorter-term loan. Um, the goal for that is they'll give you some credit towards what you're going to do on the property, how you're going to improve it and improve the income. So they'll give you some credit towards that so that you get a little bit better leverage, right, yeah. like on maybe a mismanaged or poorly operated property, one that's really run down. Yeah. That way it makes it easier for you to buy it fix it up, and then you're supposed to get out of the bridge loan. You're supposed to fix it up over that two or three years of your term and then get into permanent real financing going forward or, you know, sell it, do something like that. But you're not supposed to stay in that bridge loan. Yeah. And doesn't the bridge loan in a lot of instances reset to the current market interest rates? A lot of them have floating rates and you can purchase uh, rate caps, but those get really expensive, particularly when they start looking like now, right? We were we were putting a property on the market and, you know, with the projection of rates, it was going to be well over a million dollars just for people to cap their rate in the 7%. Yeah. And that's, that's money that's not going to the bottom line. It's really just insurance. And if you're capping at a seven, wow. I mean, people are coming from a, a two and a half to a three into a seven, you could see that if some of these bridge loans truly reset to these higher rates, there's going to be some properties that are no longer cash flowing. They're no longer making money. People yeah. are going to be underwater. I want to invite you to our Wealth and Passive Income Expo and Masters Tour. That's February 15th through 18th, 2023. It'll be right here in Irving, Texas. If you need more information, Please go to wealthandpassiveincomeexpo.com. I can assure you this event is a blast. You will have a great time. There's a lot of networking. There's a lot of breakout classes. You can meet lead investors like Chase, who I have on the show today. Chase is a lead investor in the Central Texas area. Chase, I'm, I'm sure you're planning on going to the expo, correct? Absolutely. What's your favorite part of the expo? Uh, I really like the meet and greet. Uh, I'm a networking kind of guy, so I love just getting to talk to all the different people that want to come up and just tell me you know, what they're trying to do and listen to what I'm working on. I, it's one of my favorite parts. Yeah, I agree with you because that's a great time where we, we reach out to these leads and a lot of them are in other states, for instance, uh, Arizona, California. They're they're all over the country. But this gives us a chance to essentially kind of put a face with a name. We've been in dialogue with this person, or maybe we've invested with this person, and and we finally get some face time at the expo where you get to meet lead investors and, and see if their business plan is a good fit for you as a passive and, and vice versa. It's got to be a win-win for, for both parties there. Chase, we were talking – you were you essentially were in the property search at the beginning of this year and and maybe late last year. Have you shelved that, or are you just waiting for your terms uh, essentially to show up here in this market? Yeah, so I, I haven't shelved my search, but I am definitely waiting for kind of a meeting of the minds between sellers and their expectations and me as a buyer and what I'm looking for and what I'm looking for for my investors in the current market conditions. So, you know, 
I think as as time goes on and we see some of these loans come due and people adjust to the new reality of the market, we'll right. be able to find some deals. I like the idea that you're not forcing it. You're not saying uh, you're not getting creative with the financing or saying if we do this, we do this, we do this. You, you essentially kind of have a, a game plan, a standard of what the performance needs to be and what the price needs to be based on that performance. And I like the idea you're holding it. And I agree with you. There are going to be some people that have to sell because they are, they're the ones that did the creative financing, right? The the property was only cash flowing with an interest only, and they had the expectation to push rents to a certain percentage. And uh, both of those, you know, now the interest rates really high and the fact that people can't, or may not be able to push rents the way that they had, they they gambled, right? Is is that what you would say? Was everyone gambling? The banks, the buyers, the brokers. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, gambling gambling might be a little bit strong. I think that maybe they just kind of. There's always that assumption of when things are going well, they'll always go well. Yeah. Um, and they didn't plan for how will this look if terms shift, right? So they may have even hit their, their metrics of pushing their rent and then gotten their NOI up, and, and they're hitting all of their, their metrics, but they didn't expect to exit at 7-something percent interest rate to come out of that loan, right? Yeah. So, you know, uh, I heard a, a broker say it really well, and, and I agree. He said, look, you know, nobody could really quite predict what was going to happen in the capital markets. So I, I don't blame people, you know, if we're exiting now and we're maybe not hitting all of the returns that we were hoping to get. I'm just focused on return of capital instead of return on capital. Exactly. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And I, I guess where I'm going is we got away from, uh, and not we, but there, there's buyers of multifamily properties, not necessarily Lifestyles Unlimited members, but there's a, there's a lot of multifamily owners out there in, in this country, all across the land. And we got away from writing those deals with a, with a solid, stable interest rate uh, and then stress testing it, saying, you know, where are we going to be if we had 70% occupancy? And instead, they got into not only writing deals, but buying deals that are essentially only worked with... Um, an interest only for the first couple of years, and they were planning on resetting into a 3%. I guess 11 years of prosperity, um, all these banks and buyers and brokers, they ended up with short-term memories. And and now, truly, I think some people are going to be stuck, and they're going to be forced to sell um, here in the next period. What do you think is going to happen over the next 6 to 18 months? I I think interest rates at least are going to be high for another year. Oh, yeah. I think they're going to keep going up. I think the Fed's already signaled, you know, at least another point in in rates going up. So, you know, that's just going to keep eating at people that are saying, well, maybe I try to maybe I try to extend my bridge and hold out a little bit longer. I don't see rates dropping very rapidly. Um, You know, they'll come down eventually. They always do. But yeah, yeah. I think you, you hit the nail right on the head. You know, I think people got short term memories and, you know, it's just always going to be golden. And they didn't they didn't do their stress testing. They didn't plan for the what ifs. Yeah. No, you're right. And then another thought on that is I get a lot of email about people um, wanting to invest in real estate. And then they say, well, all my money is in the market. And this is we can go back three years of, of these emails or questions that I get from people and their money's in the stock market or the IRA, which is where mine was when I originally mm-hmm. found real estate. I, I had to pull from those. That's where I kept my bag of money, right? I didn't have a hundred or 200,000 right. outside of that. I was doing 
what I was told to do and what I was taught to do and what I thought was the right way to do things. But I would tell these people the same thing. Do what I did. Pull your money out of the stock market and and then invest in real estate. And this was 2018, 19, 2020, 2021. And everyone pretty much would come back and say, well, I don't want to do that. The market's doing great. Now where are we? The market's down yeah. what? 30%, 40%, and with no end in sight in that, I think it's going to trend down. I didn't look at it today. I don't look at it every day like I used to. And now, the if I don't know, people, again, Chase, it's um, it's fear of loss and short-term memory. Um, so back to the loans, do you see now, because you and I both agree that interest rates are going to go up and they're going to stay up for some time, um, this assumable loan, do you see that as a strategy for buying multifamily properties? Yeah, you know, we I'm already kind of seeing that from brokers, right? They're pushing out properties and part of the marketing package is attractive assumable financing. Um because, you know, the biggest part of our mortgage payment is the the interest, right? It's not really even the principal part. So, yeah, yeah I might assume a loan and it doesn't have any interest only left on it, but if it's got a rate of half what I can get now on a new loan, that's still pretty attractive. That's going to save me more money even if I am paying principal. Uh, so I think we'll see that, and people are talking about maybe starting to buy things a little bit, like more cash, certainly uh, more money into the properties, um, yeah. you know, more, more money down. Um, so I think we're going to see some shifting there. But I think the assumable financing is going to become big, because it used to be, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, you had a pretty decent term, but, uh, you know, now the rates are the same or a little bit lower, and I can get a brand-new I.O. period. Why would I assume your loan? Well, because my loan is going to be several percentages points lower in interest rate than the one that you can go out and get today. Geez, I think doing an I.O. loan is, I mean, that's like juggling with loaded pistols. I mean, that's not something that I would that I would even try or be interested in in today's market. I, literally, I truly believe we're in for a, a 12 to 18-month ride of, of high interest rates. They've got to turn off this inflation uh, before they can begin lowering them again. And look, I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not an economist. Um, none of that. I'm just uh, been around long enough to see 2008, 2010. Been around long enough to remember the the tech bubble that blew up. Mm-hmm. Um, Chase, is there a, an extra step in an assumable loan, or is it pretty much just like getting a regular loan if you meet the terms you're in? Or I guess my thoughts are. Are banks willing to allow that third party to take the assumable loan, or are they thinking that we'll let this loan reset at this higher interest rate, um, or we can loan that same amount of money out to a higher interest rate rather than letting someone assume this loan? Do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, that honestly be new territory for me. I've never gone through an assumption. I'd, I'd lean heavily on my lifestyles mentors and my mortgage brokers um, because they bring all that kind of knowledge. My my layman's knowledge was always kind of like if you if you've got a buyer group that can bring the same net worth and the same liquidity and all that you can assume that loan but you're right the banks may push back a little bit on that and that's where it's going to be important to have your team of, of lenders and people that can help you get that deal done yeah i've never been through it myself i don't know a lot about it um so i was just wondering if it was complicated process or it might be very simple for for all we knew so chase as we yeah. wrap it up what are what what are some of the most satisfying aspects of real estate investing? You've been doing this for a while now. 
I, I think for me, one, it's being a little bit in control. Um, you know, you're not dancing to somebody else's tune as much as you do when you're in like corporate America. Two, it's the ability to really just like change these properties, improve them. You can go in and find a property that's just run down and nasty. And with a little bit of elbow grease and, and putting some money back into them, you can make an awesome place for people to live. And that changes lives. And it changes the lives of your investors because you get them a return for having provided that value. And that gets people to be able to retire, like my dad being able to retire, right? Uh, other people in lifestyle that you talk to all the time that have retired through real estate investing. That's life-changing. You know, that's, the, that's a fantastic gift that you found Lifestyles Unlimited. You joined. Uh, you were able to retire from corporate America. Your dad looked at what you were doing. And then he was able to retire as well. And then, yes, there is a huge satisfaction to taking a property and making it clean, functional, better place to live. I've experienced that on the house side. I've, I've had neighbors come out and thank me. Just a great feeling. Chase, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. The rest of you out there, I want you to remember, just like Chase said, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. My name is Mike Harrison. We'll see you next week. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.